grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Like 
the effect of the one man's sin, for the judgment that followed the one trespass resulted in a verdict of condemnation. But the gracious gift that followed many trespasses resulted in a verdict of justification. Indeed, if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through the one man, it is even more certain that those who receive the overflowing grace of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So then, just as one trespass led to a verdict of condemnation for all people, so also one righteous verdict led to life-giving justification for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many became sinners, so also through the obedience of one man the many will become righteous. The word of the Lord. We continue now with the gospel reading according to the gospel of Matthew chapter 4 beginning at the first verse. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city. He placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not test the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, I will give you all these things, and you will bow down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and just then angels came and served him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Uh, since I had read this from the lectern, I'm going to open with these words from our text. I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, a couple weeks ago, many of us sell us enjoying and celebrating the Super Bowl, maybe even getting together with family and friends and, and cheering on one of the teams, and, and maybe even you had, you know, one side of the room was for one team and another side, and just giving each other a hard, hard time over which team was going to win. So that begged the question, which team was Pastor going to root for? Well, my team wasn't in the Super Bowl, so I tend to root for the commercials. Maybe for the referees, but usually the commercials. And some of them were actually quite hilarious and, and cute. Some of them, when you watch these commercials, you wonder, until the very end, what are they trying to sell? 
had nothing to do with what they were trying to sell. But one commercial kind of stood, stood out in my mind when I was preparing for this text. It was a commercial that was rather dumb, but it had Adam and Eve in it. And it was suggesting that the forbidden fruit was avocados, and it was actually trying to sell avocados. I, that just made me laugh, because I always grew up hearing that, or even coloring in Sunday school, that, well, the forbidden fruit was an apple. And even on the cover of our bulletin, which was done by an artist, it is an apple. So avocados? Really? The honest truth is we don't know what kind of fruit it was. And it's all just an educated guess and maybe even really not educated at all. It's just a guess that people have. But here's what we do know. There were two very special and unique trees. God told Adam and Eve that they had all the trees. But two trees in the middle of the garden, God did set up for them as to be two very special trees. One was called the tree of life, and he did tell them to eat from that tree. Remember, they were made in the image of God, so they were made to be perfect and holy and righteous. If they ate from that tree, then they would live forever in that holiness and righteousness. But the other tree, that was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that tree God actually told them, don't eat from that one, or you will surely die. It came with a punishment. Now, some believe that God setting up these two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat, the tree of life, do eat, was simply to test them, to see if they would pass the test, to see if they would live up to perhaps God's standards. I am not one who believes that. I agree with Dr. Martin Luther, who actually saw the two trees as rather their altar, Yes, God was establishing for them worship. He had just blessed them with the entire world. He even blessed them with work. He even told them to rule it and manage it. And now he gives them an opportunity to respond to his love for them by simply don't eat from this tree, but eat from this one. And isn't worship in its most basic form? Do what God tells you to do. Don't do what God forbids. It's the do's and don'ts. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so here was this opportunity to worship. And this, Satan would attack them on. It's interesting as we turn to Genesis chapter 3 that we hear of Satan and we don't hear where he came from. We don't have really any information. The entire Bible opens up that way with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We just know that God is there. It doesn't get into a long explanation about God or where he was before the beginning or what he was doing. It was just God is there. Now we're hearing Satan is there. Now, later, we're going to hear in Scripture that Satan is an evil angel who was actually made good, but he wasn't made to be a puppet and a robot and, 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 simply, a, and simply a puppet on a string. But 
Rather, he was some, an angel that rebelled and went against God and, and declared himself God and warred against the holy angels and against the Lord. Lord cast them out and uh, along with, I mean, Satan along with the evil angels, the demons they're called. And he made hell for them. So now this evil angel, Satan, Satan means enemy, devil means liar, is going to come and lie and tempt Adam and Eve, God's greatest creation. And he doesn't come in his true colors. He doesn't come showing his, his, his true self. He comes either in the form of a serpent or he comes controlling a serpent. Scripture doesn't say. But what it does say is he spoke to Eve, and Adam obviously was right there. And he says to Eve, the very first thing out of his mouth is actually a question. Has God really said, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, yes, God said that. We know that. We know that from the previous chapter. But he's asking Adam and Eve. Has God really said? And because the first thing out of his mouth is a question, notice what he's trying to get them to question. God's word. Did God really say? He was trying to get them to doubt and deny God's word. Notice how Eve responded. She said, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat from it, you shall not touch it, or else you will die. Some believe that Eve is already sinning because she added the words, you shall not touch it. But those weren't part of the original words. And because they're not part of the original words, see, she's adding to the Bible, and that's got to be sinful. Once again, I'm not one who believes that. When she added, you shall not touch it, she was simply declaring her interpretation of what she understood. This is not just some innocent, dumb, baby-like woman who was just created from the rib of Adam and was wandering around trying to find herself. This was an intelligent woman who understood completely what God had said to her, and she expressed it in these words. So now Satan attacks again. You will not surely die. In fact, God knows that the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now Satan just comes out and flatly lies. But notice what he's trying to get her and Adam to doubt and deny. Before it was God's word, this time it's God's love. God doesn't want you to be like God. God's keeping stuff from you. God's, God's really, even though he gave you the entire world and he made you to be perfect and holy, God is really holding back. God's playing with you. I'm the one you need to listen to. And what happened? Sin came into the world. And notice how it came. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the eyes. It was appealing to the eyes. Appealing means she's thinking about it. That's the mind. 
And that tree was desirable to make one wise. That's the heart. And she took some of its fruit and ate it. Because sinful desires lead to sinful actions. This is why God so often condemns sinful desires. And from those sinful desires leading to sinful actions, it didn't stop there. And she gave some also to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Because sin always likes others to join in. It doesn't want to be alone. It's very selfish because I'm God. That's what we call today humanism. And with this sin, now cursing their very human nature, notice what they're experiencing for the first time in their lives. When they were perfect and holy, they didn't experience shame. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for their waist. I always tell people, what, what do you think they covered? And it says the waist here, but clearly they're covering the private parts. Because before... Their sexual desires that God had made for them in their relationship as husband and wife, which God had only intended for the realm of marriage, is now being controlled by sin. Before it was controlled by holiness, and it wasn't out of control. Now they couldn't control it. They actually had to cover themselves. They were ashamed by even the blessing of sexual desires because it was now controlled by selfishness. And not only were they struggling with shame, but notice what else. They heard the voice of the Lord who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Now they're experiencing fear. They had walked with God. They were in a perfect relationship with God. This is our relationship of holiness and, and righteousness and perfection. And now they're living in fear of God. The last one they want to see is the Lord. The Lord had told them, you eat from this tree, you will surely die. So they hid themselves thinking that that would avoid the Lord. And along with that fear, the blame game. Not taking responsibilities for their actions. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? God knows everything. God knew where they were. By asking such a question, what is it that God was really looking for them to say? To say, I have sinned, I ate from that tree, and I'm sorry. But that's not what Adam said. He said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. See, Lord, you scared me, and I'm in this naked state, and, 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 and you, you know, in other words, Lord, you didn't knock on the door before you came in. And the Lord replied, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The answer is simple. Yes, Lord, I have sinned, and I am sorry. But that was not the answer. 
The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. Yes, let's blame the woman because she was the one tempted, but he was right there. He didn't stop her carrying out his role in that headship role. And, and in addition, it's the woman you made, Lord. If you didn't make me this woman, I wouldn't be having these problems. And therefore, Lord, it is your fault. Now he turns to the woman. What have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. And she doesn't come out to blame God this time, but it, God, you made the serpent, so yeah, he also is to blame. None of them taking responsibility to say, I have sinned, and I am sorry. My dear friends, was Adam and Eve's eyes opened? Yes, they were opened, but not open to what Satan had tempted them with. Their eyes were not open to be like God, knowing good and evil. Their eyes were now open to know that sin is now something that can consumes them. Evil is what they understand. Evil is their, their harsh taskmaster that controls them. And the good that they did have is now gone. They were no longer in the image of God. I had a professor in, at the seminary. He would always say concerning Satan and, and this chapter. He would always say that, notice that Satan always wears the same dress. You might think it looks like different colors or maybe it's, you know, maybe it looks a little different, but it's not. It's always the same dress. In other words, Satan always comes in the same way to tempt. And Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't simply eating forbidden fruit. They doubt and deny God's word. They doubt and deny God's love. And when you doubt and deny God's word and love, that's the definition for unbelief. That was their sin. And Satan always tempts us in that way. You too can be like God. Does God really love you? Can you really trust in him above all things? Yes, he says, I'll surely be with you always to the very end of the age. But do you really want to take that chance? Because what happens if he's not there? That's always Satan's lies and temptations. And we wrestle with that each and every day. And in fact, the only way to see through his lies is God's holy word, because it is the truth. Yes, Adam and Eve was lost in sin. But here's another truth that can only be learned from the scriptures. They were also found by God's grace. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than every wild animal. And you shall crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Now, did the, did the snake and the serpent originally have legs and God removed their legs from them? We don't know. But it is crawling on its belly and that snake will always be a reminder to us of the fall into sin. Then he goes on to say this. 
I will put hostility between you and the woman, which sounds rather cruel. You're going to put hostility between Satan and the woman? That doesn't sound loving and caring. It's exactly loving and caring. Because Adam and Eve, in listening to Satan and, and eating from the tree that God commanded them not to eat from, they had befriended him. This is an enemy of God. In order for them to be back, to be friends with God, he had to destroy their friendship relationship with him. You cannot be having a friendship relationship with both Satan and the Lord. This isn't both and, this is either or. And it was the Lord who would bring that hostility. It is the Lord who would destroy that relationship. He didn't say, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to accomplish. Here's what, here's what you deserve because you're good for goodness sake. No, he said, here's what I will do because they couldn't do it themselves. None of us can. And not only is there hostility between you, Satan, and the woman, but also between the Satan's seed, offspring, and the woman's seed, offspring. Now there's two popular interpretations. One says that the offspring of Satan is the demons, and that the offspring of the woman would be humans. And is there a hostility between demons and humans? You could make that argument. I was always taught and I understood these words as the seed of Satan are unbelievers. Jesus even says that. He, he describes the children of Satan, the children of the devil, as being those who reject him in unbelief. And therefore, the seed of the woman would be the believers. So a descendant from a woman, a human, who is a believer, and it says he, so a male, is going to crush Satan's head, and you, Satan, will crush his heel. So he's going to inflict a mortal wound and you, it will not be mortal what you afflict on him, but it will be painful. All we know about the Savior at this time is that he's a serpent killer. But I can't help when I read these words to look to the cross of Christ, knowing that he is the Son of God who was, the, who was sent into the world, that he is the one who had to face Satan, not just with temptations, but he faced Satan on the cross. He even faced the wrath of God who hates sin as he took on the sins of the world all on the cross. Our very, our very Lord Jesus Christ would on the cross crush the head of Satan. Satan would certainly crush his heel and it looked like Satan was even winning because Jesus was suffering there and dying. But God took that criminal act and turned it into a sacrifice for sins and he paid for the sins of the world. He defeated Satan on the cross and the one thing that Satan hates, the one thing that Satan does not want you to know about, the one thing that Satan cannot stand up to is the beautiful gift that Jesus won for us called the forgiveness of sins. And this is your gift through faith in him. And even that faith is a gift of God. And that is why God gets all the credit and glory. 
these words from Genesis chapter 3 because the honest truth is these words are our family history. This is our first parents, Adam and Eve. Over the years, I've had many people speculate, what would life be like now if they did not sin? How do you even begin to imagine that since we live with sin? We've even inherited a sinful nature that goes back to Adam and Eve. And let alone struggling with our own sin and, and selfishness. And even the decision-makings we make. But know this, my dear friends. Yes, we are sinners. And it is with repentant heart that we confess our sins and pray, Lord, I have sinned and I'm sorry. Have mercy upon me. But the beautiful thing about repentance is not just the sorry part. It's where the Lord tells us to believe and to have faith and to trust confidence that he has paid for those sins. In other words, trusting in the beautiful gift, the forgiveness of sins. So as you live your life, know that we too are lost in sin, but we are found and saved by the grace of God. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.